What's going on, guys? This is How I Talk Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Jones. And Tim Jones right here. Hey, I'm coming to you from outer space, coming to your place. Hey. <laughs> See, guys, he's not cool. He's not hip up to stuff like that. that kind of like, eh, that one too funny. But hey, good try, man. <laughs> I like what you did there. You know, the old folks might like what you're doing right there. But anyways, guys, hey, I appreciate you coming back in uh, to the show for another week, for which means another episode. And today we're going to be talking about should children be required to attend church? I'm going to say that one more time. Should children, should kids be required to attend church? So, of course, we always like to have this discussion. Uh, we may agree or disagree, but hey, Tim, the floor is yours. What do you think? Well, if it's up to me, of course, I am going to always lean toward they are required. Now, let me say this. I think it starts with deciding if you're a parent or not. Uh, a lot of parents don't require it, and I know it. Um, I've seen that from time to time where parents don't require. They say, hey, well, you know what? I'll let my child decide. Okay, well, you, you let a six-year-old decide what he's going to eat, and he's always going to go for the cake and ice cream. He's never going to stole my points. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I stole the point. <laughs> okay. If you let a six-year-old decide what he's going to eat, don't go for the cake and ice cream. So there's no point in doing that. And you know what? You have to establish where you want your house to be. This, I think this goes beyond more than simply saying whether or not children uh, should be required to attend church. Uh, they're required to attend school. We send them to school as parents, and we think that, hey, that's what we're supposed to do. If we want them to become good athletes, what do we do? We send them to classes or we send them to practices with athletic coaches, and we want them to be a good athlete. So when we want them to do mm -hmm. something that we think is valuable, we even invest in it. We'll, we'll even uh, bring on the coaches that we think would be there for them. We'll invest in tutors, coaches, and whatever else in order to get our children into a place that we consider a good place. But yet, when it comes to the church, people don't do the same investment. Matter of fact, most of the time, people will pick a soccer game or a football game over going to church. Now, what would we say? Uh, uh, taking their children to that. They would say, hey, you know, you can just skip the church and go to the soccer game. Well, the emphasis is that, hey, this is more important. So as the parent, I think it goes back to the parent. Parent will decide what's most important in their home. And if they feel that church is important, they're going to require it of their children. If they don't feel it's important, they're going to say, hey, you can pick what you want. Pick the chocolate right. cake and ice cream. Doesn't matter. Right. You don't so like what it. Go ahead. Okay, what perspective are you speaking from, though, uh, so everybody can know? What you mean? Uh, are you speaking from a, a Christian perspective? A I'm, Hindu yeah, perspective? I'm what perspective Christian. are we talking about? But, but uh, if I were to speak from someone, let's say a non-Christian. Well, uh, a non-Christian might say, well, I'm taking them to something, um, let's say, that is uh, the spiritual or whether it's a different religion. Uh, so if you want to say, let's say, just pick any religion and you can pick whichever one you like. If you're in that religion mm. or whatever, the spiritual or being or whatever, I, I would assume if that's they consider that important, that's what they have their children attend. So what I'm mm. saying is, I don't know if it necessarily can just hold church. We may define church uh, not by denomination or Christianity or whatever, just church in a spiritual sense or whatever the whatever that is for you or that person out there. So um, even if it's um you know uh, Muslim whatever whatever you want I don't. You can pick whatever you want. Um, I would assume that if whatever religion, Muslim, whatever you choose, 
I would assume that's going to be your highest priority in your home. So if that's your highest priority in your home, that's what you'll make the children attend. If it's not mm -hmm. the highest priority in your home, then they'll attend whatever you deem is the highest priority. So to me, it goes to the parent. Whatever the parent decides is our highest priority, that's what they'll choose. Well, well let me say this, though. You know what? I'm going to say it's y'all's fault. And when I say y'all, I'm talking about your generation. We're going we to blame it on y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to hear this. Let me hit you with some stats, Tim. Yeah. I got some oh, stats I love stats. For you. Stat me up. Yeah, I'm the stat man over here, okay? Okay, stat right? it, stat it. You know stat what I'm saying? Like if I say, he the board man. I'm the stat man. I know okay, the stats. You want to hear? Did you know two-thirds of young adults don't attend church? And when I say young adults, this is ages 18 to 22. Two-thirds, right? I'm going to pin that to what you said earlier. You told me that parents don't show that it is important. What age group are those parents? Probably around your age group. They are not showing them the importance of church. So I'm blaming it on you guys. How is it young adults, 18 to 22, are not attending church? Now, they are probably out of their parents' home. But for them to, to disregard church that quickly, 18 to 22, they're also going through a transformation stage. I would say that, 18 to 22. But I'm going to pin that on you guys. Church attendance is down quite a bit. Young, young kids, it is down a lot since, uh, you know, I would say in previous years. But what do you have to say about that? What I have to say about it is I say take a look at yourself. <laughs> let's go ahead, let's go ahead, introvert perspective. Uh, intro. What do you call that perspective where you look inward? Let's take a look inward. at inward perspective. Okay. Uh, let's look at inward perspective of anyone from the age of 18 to 22. Doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. have to be you. But let's say you, let's just pick you, for example. You went mm -hmm. to church your whole life. And then yep. when you got 18 to 22, did you go I to was church? having some fun, baby. Exactly. That's my point. So it doesn't matter, you know, where you're at. You start to develop your own ideas, concepts, and habits. And, you know, let me give you another stat man. <laughs> stat man, let me give you a stat. <laughs> they call man. me. Statistician. <laughs> Did you know that the average person, if they don't attend church regularly by the time they're 18, it says you have a 6% chance of them attending church after that. That's 6%. So there's a 94% chance that they won't even attend church. And I'm, when I say attend church, I would say the average Christian, let me give you another stat. The average Christian attends church twice a month and consider that sufficient. So they mm. would say, if I go to church twice a month, I am a Christian going church person. That's mm. the average person. Average person. Average person. So that means most people probably attend once a month, if that, or once the two once maybe every two months. So right. the average person probably attends once every eight weeks. So that means um, the average Christian probably goes to church maybe eight times a year, eight to mm -hmm. 10 times a year. That's it. That's yeah. it. And then they'll probably attend, of course, the high uh, Sundays, Christmas, Easter, and um, uh, Mother's Day. So CME. Right, exactly. But my point was more so 18 or 22. What I was really getting at is that comes from probably years previous when they were younger. Exactly. exactly. What you're saying too, too, which while well, I was pinning on you guys, hey, that's probably because when they're 13, 12, 11, now I've seen I'm it at other people. 
I was like cleaning the wax out because what I'm saying. So you agree? You agree with what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, Are you not listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, but you're agreeing with what I'm saying. You're agreeing with what I'm saying. So kids before, when they're 18, 22, they're making the decision not to attend church at a large, you know, rate, a large rate. I think it comes roots earlier when they're 14, 15, they're coming into their own, their high school, they're noticing that kids don't go to church, their other friends, their peers that may not believe in, in the Christian faith or don't believe at all, don't go to church, as right. well as, you know, realizing, hey, do I even have a connection with Christ? Who knows, you know, the reason being. But I've heard time and time again, kids saying, uh, or parents even saying, if you ask about the child, oh, he decided he wanted to sleep in. Yeah, hey, I'm not gonna lie. When I grew up, that that was never an option. Not an option, baby. Yeah, and in the household that I grew up in, in our household, right, it was always clear that you know if you're gonna want to do any other extracurricular activities, one of the requirements is that you do attend church. You need to be there every Sunday and be there on time if you live within my parents' household. So that's what I was used to. Um, now, what people will tell you, right? We gotta look at two sides of the coin. Well, Chris, you going to church and it's required. Um, how, what does that do for a person when they leave the house? Do they get, you know, do they run away from church? Are they, are they sick of church because they're required to go? Or should it be a place where if you want to go, you get to choose about your religion or your faith? What do you say to that? What I say to that is that they'll probably be sick of church because they, let's say the average person, they will come back and say, you know what? I never did really get to make my own choice. And so they would feel like they didn't get to make their own choice. And now they're saying, I'm going to exercise my right, which is going to be against what my parents want, and not go to church because now I'm the man of this place and I'm going to exercise my rights. Until I get to go home around Christmas and I have to stay with my parents, then I'll go back to church. But until then, I'm not going back to church. Hey, it's normal. It's normal. I mean, most everybody does this. And you know what? The, the job, I think the job of the parent is to instill in them a behavior, a attitude, and a, a discipline. And what that right. does, I think, is instill in them a discipline. Hey, this is something you do. Now, whether or not they do it or not, that's going to be on them uh, in their later stages. But what, what it will do, it will put into them uh, a longing or a sense of missing or a sense of uh, a hole, so to speak, or being incomplete when they don't go to church. So if they've been used to it all this time, when they decide not to go, they're going to sit up on Sunday and say, man, I normally would be, <laughs> I normally would be in church. Uh, you know, man, it's, it's weird. Not <laughs> They'll feel weird. <laughs> They'll start scratching and itching and going, I, you know what? It's just, I don't know. It's just something ain't right. And they'll, you, they'll, they'll say, Sunday don't feel right. And they'll try to sleep in. They're going to try to do that. Oh, I was partying. They're going to make all kinds of excuses, do all these things. They're going to try to sleep in. They're going to try to rationalize everything and rationalize it away. But what happens is that little boy is going to be back there creeping with them. They're going to get right. the itchies. All of that's going to happen. And that's only and because it, you feel with them a discipline. That's all it is, that, a discipline that's been that relate. Yeah, and that relates to the verse that, you know, we've always known since a uh, child, right? Proverbs 22, 6. Train yep. up a child in the way they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, obviously, we've always said this, right? The greatest gift you can give a child is knowing Jesus Christ. Right. If that is your faith and your religion, that is the greatest gift. Because when you really think about it, the max you can probably live here is 100 years on this world. 
So going that's after bad. worldly things after a while, it kind of gets played out. And the, the most you can get out of it is a hundred years. When you look at eternal life, which one do you want to put more emphasis on? Which yeah. one do you want to instill more in your child, right? And yeah. I think a lot of parents or a lot of people that maybe listen to this podcast may be getting the perception perception that, hey, well, you guys are trying to force a child to go to church. I, I think that's incorrect. It's not force. It's called parental leadership. I think that's the right tutelage for it. You got to oh, lead. That's what we're saying. Out, man. Hey, I'm bringing the heat today, baby. You like that? You like that, right? <laughs> I'm saying, hey, so parental leadership is really what I'm getting at. And a lot of people misinterpret that. Uh, if you want to read a book on this, you really should read it by R.C. Sproul. He says he has a book called Should I Force My Teen to Go to Church? I'd highly encourage any parent out there that has a, a teenager that is going through that phase of why they should go to church. I think they need to be asking the student, not the student, but the, the, the kid. Why don't you want to go to, to church? Find the root of the problem. Don't attack the kid. Don't say, no, you're going to go to church. It's more so, hey, why don't you want to go to church? And you might be able to find some information there that can you could encourage your child to continue moving forward. Maybe something happened at church that has them feeling like that. Uh, maybe it's a worldly perspective that they're trying to bring into their ideology. But first, try to find the root of the problem. Then figure out how you can deal with it. But hey, I'm not a parent. You know, I just speak facts. But either way, <laughs> I know what I'm saying, baby. <laughs> I, hear, I hear what you're trying to say. You're trying to put it out there. I mean, I agree with a lot of those aspects. But what happens when they don't want to go to And they can, let's say they're disrupted. Okay. You have this mm -hmm. team that's disrupted. What does the parent do? Now, we probably have some parents that are listening at our podcast. The parents that are sitting there listening going, hey, but you don't understand. They're saying, right now I got a teenager. I got a mm. child that doesn't want to go to church. Then I would do like you said, let's find out why. But ultimately, I would say it's parental leadership. Hey, this is this is the way it runs. This is the way it goes. But I would also, you know, try to find out why. I say, okay, what is the reason? And it may be the church you're attending. So it may be that they're not exposed to certain things that would uh, encourage or, or cause them to want to attend. And so it may be as simple as finding a church that may fit your family. And, and I would say that's the responsibility of a man. Now, I, I know, we, hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to this because in our podcast, we're going to even talk about a high value man. And we're going to insert this into the high value man mm. because leadership mm. is very, very important. And leadership is the rise and fall of a lot of things. And right here is where you have to exert leadership when they're child is say disruptive and doesn't want to attend it requires leadership and when you lead sometimes it means going against the grain of what everybody else wants to do and so if your grain is saying we're going to go to church and everybody else is not wanting to go to church then you as the leader i.e this man of the house should be walking and saying this is the direction we're going to go i know everybody doesn't like it nobody agrees with it but guess what? This is the way we're going to go. Even if you have to pull the sled, turn the reindeer around, mm. force them to move, mm. and whatever you got to do, that's leadership, though. Like that's, what, that's what it requires. And sometimes I think men want to abdicate their leadership throne. And so if they abdicate mm. the leadership throne, they then turn it over or allow then the wife then becomes steps in. And now she becomes the IE leader or spiritual leader of the home which the men have abdicated and therefore they need to grab that reign 
and be the spiritual leader of that house. Now, whether, now I'm talking this from a perspective of whether you're the spiritual leader in Mormon, um, Buddhism, or um, Muhammad, or what, I'm just saying, if you're going to lead the home, you have to be the one who's the spiritual leader. You mm -hmm. have to be that, regardless of whether it's Christianity or not. Whatever, if your spirituality, and I'm just talking in a general concept, this has nothing to do with the fact that you're a Christian has nothing to do with that. It's just the fact that if you want to lead, lead the house, then you have to be that spiritual leader. And if you abdicate that to the, the, the wife or someone else, let's say someone else, your other partner, whatever you want to abdicate it through, then by default, you've given up your leadership. You've given up your right to lead. I know, yeah. I know this won't be popular. I know you might not like it, but I'm telling you the truth. And it's real and it's raw, baby. You might not agree with it, but it's real. It's true. It's true yeah. coming at you. Yeah, you truth makes you uncomfortable. I know truth makes you uncomfortable. I know so it we, makes we, you uncomfortable. Yeah. So we're talking that's, to parents, but we really talking to man. Truth makes you uncomfortable. It makes you shift a little bit in your seat. And right now you might be shifting, especially as a man going, oh, my goodness. What have yeah. I done? You're right. What have you done? If you're to yeah. be the leader, you've got to be the spiritual leader first before you be any other kind of leader. Right, mm. right. I know I heard some, oh, that was a gut punch right there. That was a gut Ooh. punch. Wait till we get on high value, man. Ugh, I'm coming at you. That's interesting. So, you know, we're talking to parents, but, you know, that's really focused on the man. Hey, you're the head of the household. Spiritually, that's you right. should be the head of the household. So it is on you to steer the ship and, and lead the family to where it should be going. Um, now, You'll, you'll hear uh, kids probably out there, you know, in their teenage years or even young adults, right, that are hearing this or parents and say, well, I mean, what if my kid doesn't want to go to church? Maybe they want to do church at home. What's wrong with that? They want to do church in the comfort of their home. What about it? I mean, <laughs> you can do church in the comfort of your home if you want to. But you know what? Uh, <clears throat> here's, where, where, here's where I think um, a lot of people get confused with church in the comfort of the home. We're going to touch on this for just a moment uh, because they would say, you know what? Now that we have COVID, we all attend church. We do it right there at the house. They're going to say, yeah, baby, I got my whole family going to church. We attend it. I'm going to say, no, 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 you don't. Oh, they're not going to like me for this. Now, you're not going to like me for this because I'm going to say, no, you don't. And here's why I'm going to say, no, you don't. Because there are elements uh, to a church attendance, whether you agree or disagree with it. And one of those elements of church is fellowship. Mm. Fellowship, that's right, I said it, fellowship. And when you stay at home and you call yourself attending from the house or doing bedside baptism, as we used to say, you can't by default say that you're doing fellowship, which is one of the requirements. You say, well, I can do the part of worship at home. Okay. You might be able to do some elements of worship at home, but you really won't have the full worship until you go to the church. You said, but you cannot do any parts of the fellowship when it's just you and your family. Because it meant fellowship with believers and those who are doing and believing and worshiping the same as you. Now, you can pick any religion you want. I don't care which one you pick. But there is some element in those religions that require 
that you come together and unite under the same banner uh, and the same uh, uh, gluing together, and that's the fellowship part of it. They're all going to say there's an element of discipleship. We, see, there's an element of worship. There's an element of fellowship. There's an element of discipleship. Now, the discipleship piece, you may get at home. You may say, I'm sitting through classes. I'm learning stuff. Hey, you're getting the discipleship, whatever religion or you pick or whatever. But that fellowship piece you are not getting when you're at the house. It is just not happening. And that can only happen when you're around other like-minded individuals, whatever the spirituality that you pick, uh, worship or whatever you choose. It can only happen in the sense that you're around like-minded individuals. Can't do it. Yep. So if you think you're doing something, sitting at the house, I'm telling you right now, you're doing nothing. It's not going to work. <laughs> and so right. they might say, well, hey, we have to do it during this COVID-8. You might can get away with it for a little while, just a little while. But at some point, you are going to have to take that family and say, listen, we're going to pack the car up, get in the back seat, and we're going to sit in the house, whatever house you choose. Right, right. So... I mean, you said something about like-minded people, which is true. Because I mean, yep. if you even if you were to apply it to a worldly concept, I mean, hey, if you want to, you know, be around individuals that are making money or be around millionaires, or you want to be a millionaire, you're gonna start be hanging around them, so you can learn how to do it. It's the yep. same thing with Christianity. You know, when you want to build your faith, you're gonna be in the house of God, and it's a place that we've always discussed. It's a place for sick, sick people, so yep. we can learn together, grow together, but also share our stories and our testimonies. It's hard to share mm. a testimony when you're not in the house of God. Very hard. I mean, you can do it out there in the real world, of course, but inside your home, it makes it very difficult to share what you've been through or be able to learn from others as well. So mm -hmm. one of the biggest dangers is people sitting by themselves and they're trying to uh, interpret whatever they believe. Self-taught. Yeah. Dangers of self-taught. Dangerous. And that self-taught is dangerous. Let me say self-taught is dangerous regardless of if it's religion. So you could, whatever you choose, if you are self-taught, is dangerous because you're only teaching what you know. So it's, it's very difficult to grow when you're self-taught. Very, very mm -hmm. difficult. Even though people think they're growing, they're expanding. No, you're not because you're self-taught. That means you got one simple view of what you're given and that view is only absorbed by you. You don't hear other point of views you, you just have your and they're gonna say well, i go to the internet well the internet is flooded with all kinds of crazy stuff and if you're self-taught you're not going to know how to sift through what's good and what's bad and you'll start to get things jumbled up because you're self-taught so self-taught whether whatever it is is not who's going to challenge you and who's going to challenge yeah, who's you gonna challenge you who's going to who's going to say hey did you really think about that have you challenged have you thought about that have you given some thought have you thought about this perspective you have to have someone smarter than you in the room. And if you're the smartest one in the room, you need to get out of that room. Wrong room. To that room. You yep. can't be the smartest one in the room. If you yep. are, you're not growing. It's simple right. as that. You're not hey, growing. That ties into when we're talking about knowing when to lead and when to follow. Kind of ties yeah. into the thing, episode we had talked about you know, a couple of weeks ago. But you know what I also have to interject and say is that uh, for children attending church, uh, that structure is so important because really it, it puts on the armor of God. You learn how to use the armor of God. Um, now, I'm not going to say you're not going to make wrong decisions, but I would even say, you know, when I went off to college, I, you know, I grew up in the church my whole entire life. 
I well, I want to hear college, this. I was saying, when you went off the college, I can't wait to hear this story. This ain't nothing people, new. People this out there, this is my first Look, time hearing this I story went off to too. College. People out there, <laughs> here we go. You in outer space, man. You can't. You don't even know what's going on over here. That's okay? not, I, <laughs> <laughs> but let me say this: is that you know, whenever I was in college, it was it was a place where I had ran from my faith. I was, you know, dibbling, dabbling in worldly things. And one thing is true. You will get into some things you have no business being into, whether you're a Christian or not. But I will say that structure that was with me, it was always itching at me. I, I can't explain it to you, but, you know, people understand what I'm saying when I'm saying it's itching. It's always in the back of your head. It's always when you're doing stuff, you always think twice or that you feel immediately guilty. Now, you know, people can say, hey, I feel that way without a faith. But I would say my thing is I, I felt that way, but I also felt that I need to go to the church house to get renewed and to wash away my sins and ask for forgiveness. I just felt wrong being in that environment. And every year it just it felt it always felt like I was running from something like it was like this is what I knew, but I was trying to go to something else. And I mean, it's just a feeling that you have and people that grew up in the church. I've heard other friends that have said the same thing. This is what I know. This is what I stand on. And I would run away, but I knew I had to always come back home. And that goes back to the Bible verse uh, with training a child in the way they should go. Also, it yeah. says that you should uh, honor your father and mother based on the commandments, right? Or the other verses, I'm sorry, that you should, should really be doing that. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. That's what I said. It creates in them a discipline and um, they will have that itchy feeling. Um, let me say for myself, um, my grandmother. It was actually my grandmother. My grandmother instilled in me about going to the church house and she did not play. My grandmama did not play, boy. One thing that was gonna happen, when you went to visit her, you were going to the church house. And uh, she would always make sure we go. And hey, I would be a little boy walking into the church house behind my grandmama. And right before we had entered into the church house, this is these old time Baptist church. You guys may not even know anything about this, but right- You'd be there all day. You'd be there oh, all day. Right Oh, my goodness. Right before we get into the church house, my grandmama would turn around. She'd spit on this napkin or this hanky. Oh, my God. Wipe my face with her spit. Oh, in the days of COVID, if we did that, oh, my gosh. Y'all don't know anything about that. But she would wipe my face and make sure I'm clean. I was like, oh, my granny. But, you know, at the time, I didn't think anything about it. Didn't even cross my mind. But uh, now, during the time of COVID, I'd be going, what, what in the world is wrong with you? But she made sure, uh, and she made sure I was always there. Uh, it, no matter what, I, she was, hey, you, this is what you're going to do, whether you liked it or not. And you know what? Sometimes, since my, my mama would take me down to my grandmother, sometimes my mama would take me down. This is how slick. I thought I was slick. I thought I was, man, I said, I'm going to outdo the system. See, my grandma would make us dress up. Not you wear a suit. I'm eight years old in a suit. Going <laughs> this, is, this is back in the day. See, back in the day, you wear a suit. I don't care how old you are. You wear a suit. I'm eight years old in the church house in a suit with my shoes on. So I thought I said, I'm. You know what? I'm gonna skip the system. I'm gonna. I'm gonna not bring my shoes. And mm. I'm gonna tell my grandmama I didn't bring my shoes. And I ain't going to have to go to church because I didn't bring my shoes. I told my grandmama, listen, I forgot my shoes, big mama. <laughs> I can't yeah. go to church. <clears throat> my big mama said, okay, you can go barefoot. And I said, oh. <laughs> she made so you can still get up in that church house. 
bear with it. I'm in the church. She said, I bet you won't forget them no more. <laughs> she was right, though. I never forgot them after that. I said, boy, I said, I better make sure I got everything because Bitmon mm -hmm. will make me go without it. But, you know, I, those are stories I could tell you about when I was attending church and what I had to do. But it was my grandmother. And that was the difference between my grandmother and my mother. My mother, uh, which is your, your grandmama, my mother never made me attend church. Not once. Not, not once did I have to even get up to go to church. And How did that I make you feel? I remember that too as a child. Now I remember if I went to my grandmother's, I had to go to church. But if I was with my mother, I never had to get up and go to church. So when I knew, I knew quickly uh, with grandmama, church. With Saturday mama, night. Yeah. Yes. With my mama, don't have to do nothing. But you know mm -hmm. what? Uh, when I look back on it as a grown man now, I go, my grandmother was right. See, I look at it now backwards with 2020, and I go, she was right. Why do I say she was right? Because she was instilling something into me, whereas my mother was not. Now, if I looked at it and I said, who loved me the most? I'm going to say it was my grandmother. Why? Because she forced me to be something greater than myself. My mother only said, just be you. That's it. That was her statement really to some effect was just, just be you. But my grandmother was telling me, be, be something more. better than you, be, more. be something greater. So when I look at it and I look back on it, I would always say, go for being greater. Go for being something more than yourself. Go for being something beyond you. I said, if you can do that, that's even better. So if you can give your child an opportunity to be greater than themselves. Who wouldn't mm -hmm. want to lavish them with that? And that's all I would have to say to this. So you out there, I came for you for out of space. I came into your plate. I interrupted your area. So here I am again, letting you know how to feel and move. And I tell you, next week, I'll even give you a better story. I, can, I don't know, but I'll think of one because I've been through a lot of been through a lot yeah. of Definitely, definitely. So what do you want to well, tell them, Chris? Hey. Yeah. Well, Thank guys, again, thank you for uh, watching another episode. Uh, you know, we're going to be coming every week with new episodes. And, hey, as you guys know, this is how I talk, right? As we always know, it's real, it's raw, it's authentic. It's just who we are. We have different perspectives. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Until then. Love, peace, and soul, baby.